everyone for it is another excellent episode of yes all the hogwash with brian and susan the spoof of no bs with brian and susan (laughs) oh yes uh another great episode it is saturday early morning at the end of march just before easter it's passover times and we're here. We are, I'm so happy to be here. It's a wonderful day. It's a wonderful week. Susan, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, this is our episode number 25. So it's a good number. <laughs> it's, it's a good number, 25. So is this our first episode of Yes, All the Hogwash? I don't know what that means. i just trying to spoof no bs so no bs and then yes to all the hogwash (laughs) okay okay sure 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 no bs uh yeah 25 celebrating 25 podcasts we've done this i guess it's been a year almost Mm -hmm. if not no it's been a year we uh, was a year this week Uh, oh because we started this right at covid right yep yep we oh did my goodness. Right around COVID. So it's been a year of COVID and a year of Brian and Susan. Are you <laughs> happy? Are you are you still excited doing this? Does it still feel fun to you? Oh yeah. No, I love this. I think it's so much fun. And it's great because especially because um, you know, movies are still not back to normal and we don't get to go to the screenings the way we used to. So it's really nice being able to like see you often on screen and like have these conversations that we would normally probably have in, you know, before a movie started or after. Right, right. I just need my coconut water from now on, right? Uh Uh-huh. I need to make fun of your coconut water and you need to ask me if it's a true story that we're about to watch. (laughs) It's going to be an emotional time when we get to do that again. Oh, I know. That's going to be so, wow. I just think about that. That's going to be great. It's going to be good. Uh, So this episode, 25th episode, Susan, please tell everybody what our main event is before we get into it. We're going to be talking about spoofs, best uh, movie spoofs, worst spoofs, um, movies we'd like to see as spoofs, all because of Brian's blind watch pick, which was a good one. I I, I enjoyed it. So um, excited. It was great. It was great. We, we will have our honorable mentions and suggestions. Uh, but first, let's uh, let's get in to our our goodness. Let's get into our our bachelor stuff the bachelor it's over i know it's over susan what are you gonna do with yourself for honestly weeks i'm really glad it's over right now because after that season i need a break I'm, i'm actually i'm hoping they give us a break before they bring the bachelorette back because that was i think one of the worst feeling seasons I've ever watched just with all this, because not just the drama on screen with all the bullying, but also the behind the scenes with the stuff with Chris Harrison, the race stuff, like it just felt really icky. So I'm, I'm very glad that it is done. Like I, 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 yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, again, if you've heard us talk about this is the first time I've ever watched The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. I watched The Bachelorette for the first time last season, which was crazy, too. But it was good. That was, a, that was one of the best. Ba- well, not Claire, but Tasha was one of the best Bachelorettes ever. Right, right. And so so now watching this Bachelor, I was like, man, they just, whoever was in charge of producing this season, I don't know why they went to try and pick these certain women. But man, this it, it was this kind of cringeworthy and just like, why would they have this stuff or why would these women be so mean? And I don't know. It, and then it just seemed to focus on that for a lot of it and not actually finding romance or love or whatever. Well, that, and that's why, and I think we might've talked about it in our special, but that was the problem is that they editing, whoever edited and they just decided let's focus on these drama women when there were incredible women there that they could have focused on like, Brie and more of Michelle. We could have gotten to know her more before we're about to watch. Like, I feel like I don't know Michelle. Like, that's why I wasn't very excited when she got cast as Bachelorette. So I was like, I mean, I'm sure I'll like her whenever she does it. But right now I'm like, I don't know you. I don't know. I know Victoria more than all these women and it sucks. Yeah, they made a, I mean, I liked Michelle too, but the ones that stuck out that you remember are somebody like Katie that made a big presence or somebody like, um, like Victoria, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but no, I think that. So with, in regards to the first black bachelor, which is, you know, mind boggling to me after 20 mm-hmm. years, how did Matt James do? Do you think he was just kind of dry? Do you think he got inside him his own head and ruined it for himself? What do you think? I think he started out really well. Um, I was very excited for him and I think he's a good person. I really do. But I do not think he was meant to be the bachelor, unfortunately, mainly because he is not willing to open up. He's not a good communicator. That's what I've learned throughout the whole season. And I wish you could have seen some of the previous bachelors, just so you know from comparison, but previous bachelors have been able to articulate and express themselves so much better. Not Peter. I'm not, that's not the bachelor before, but bachelors like Sean Lowe, um, Ben Higgins, even even the first bachelor, like uh, his name was Alex or something, but like these bachelors were able to say what they were looking for. And Matt asked good questions and stuff, but he wasn't opening up himself. So that didn't allow us to get to know him very well. And I just think I don't think he was ready. Ultimately, I don't think he was ready. And that's why he was looking like liking the younger, more childlike women and passing up people like Brie and Michelle. So I think that he's a good guy who just needs to maybe grow up, grow up. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. What do you think? You know, at first when we started talking about this, I thought Matt was kind of dry and a wet noodle. Um, Just, he just was kind of there. It's like a bag (laughs) of sand almost. (laughs) You know, he grew on me because he, I mean, he is nice, but yeah, you're right. He does not open up and it just seemed like he was just a giant kid in a man's body. You know, Mm -hmm. he, he was trying to joke all of his dates involved him, you know, doing, you know, taking girls on, you know, four wheelers and throwing them off and rappelling. (laughs) And, you know, it was, you know, something like, like a little kid wants to do. And I think with his conversations and with the girls he actually really liked, you and I would talk throughout the show, like, why does he like her? You know, like, I like this yeah. girl, but 
why does he really like her? Because she's like 21. This is weird. Yeah. So maybe he has a type. Maybe he doesn't. But it didn't seem that he had, he wasn't ready. And then at one point, he really was falling for girls. And he seemed like he was going to pick somebody. And then his mom <laughs> came into the picture and said, don't do it. Love is not not love is not a thing really yeah love is not not the end all be all (laughs) yeah basically said that and fucked him up royally and that he was out like he was out 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 he didn't want to pick anybody but then he i mean he did leave he did pick i mean he kind of he did pick but then ultimately it seemed like it was for the best because with what happened with rachel and her um antebellum plantation party prior he was pretty upset about it. They're not together. And he went into full meltdown, closed off, you know, hibernation. Never yeah. to be seen again. <laughs> yep. Yep. Shave or whatever. Grizzly beard, everything. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it looks so weird on him. Mm-hmm. Does not suit him. I, I will say that um, I just... I think that he was like, even without his mom saying that he still was, he was already on the edge of not ready. His mom saying that just like, uh, verified it. Like he was like, yep, that was, I I was already like on the fence about this. And now you pretty much, cause he didn't, he wasn't good. I don't think he was ever going to propose. I think he was going to choose some, I I think he was willing to open up more and let himself in. And like, I think I'm going to do this, but when he she said that, I think you could pause it and be like, "Oh shit, he's gone now." Like whatever Matt James is inside his head now is gone. He's back to being his old self. Because it was interesting seeing his family come and say, "Like I've never seen him this lively before," and I'm like, "He's not lively <laughs> at all." <laughs> yeah, no, he just looked like there was a scene whenever he was sitting on the couch with Rachel as she was talking to his mom, um, and she was talking about like love and commitment. I remember thinking, I was like, he looks like he's going to be sick. Like he looks sick, physically sick, because he does not seem like ready for commitment. I think when it comes down to the, I think he loved Rachel and could maybe see a future with her, but I think he was just like, whoa, which I respect the fact that he did not propose to her because a a man should try to save that. If you're not in it for real, then don't waste that proposal on either of y'all. Right. Right. So Matt, how did Matt do? I mean- on a scale of one to ten, maybe a three. <laughs> not great. I'll give him. I'll give him a five. <laughs> oh, mean, that's not good either. That's a five. It's fifty-fifty. Like it's because he handled the bullying well. I will say yeah. at least he did. He when he knew there was drama or something, he didn't. He he was protecting the women as best. Yeah, as he no, he was but protecting the women, and the, that's why he gets a three. But then he wanted to kiss and make out with everybody, touch everybody's legs. He touched his mom's legs. Oh! Oh my god the ball leg thing oh my god that was so weird i was watching with holly and my friend holly and we were watching that finale and we literally rewounded because we're like what is he doing yeah what is that and i we showed she showed her husband i showed trevor later i was like would you touch your mom's leg like that and he's like no, no. what that's- the hell was that 
No, it was so strange. It was, it was man. like I watched was, that. And I was like, "What is he doing? Is this like his thing? Because he's doing this to every woman." <laughs> you don't do that to your mom. That's no, so you weird. don't. It was like it, it was. I've never seen my brother has never ever circled around the knee of my mom's knee and then caressed her like thigh. Like that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like I was just like, "Oh my god, this is." <laughs> what the hell does he know who he's talking to right now <laughs> i mean kid yeah i know it's so weird so I, but but i mean as far as like him kissing everybody i mean all the bachelors do that they right. all kiss they all do activities that are like stupid but he the night portion of it later whenever you're getting your deep time moment he did not utilize that to the best of his ability right right so yeah they're three yeah. to five we'll beat in the middle of four Matt, James, there you go. So Rachel and Matt, as we saw, they might stay in touch, but it didn't look like they were going to ever get back together. And with Matt's closed offness, I don't see it happening. And with Rachel's uh, kind of haphazardly kind of talking about what happened, I just, I don't want them to get back together. Oh, you don't want them to get back together? No, because I'm not a big fan of Rachel, and I'm not—I mean, I'm not a really huge fan of Matt either. But I mm-hmm. like Matt more than Rachel. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I liked Michelle more. I like Katie more. I like Bree more. I liked Abigail more. And those and uh, Rachel, I could care less. Yeah, Rachel is pretty on the outside, but on the inside, and what she does, I just she does not. I mean, a good person. I don't know. I mean, I have, uh, she was, she never showed personality or they didn't show her personality. So I don't know what her, like, uh, we don't know her. She's another one we don't know, except for, unfortunately, we only know the freaking antebellum party. So, but I don't think she's a bad person based on the fact, like everybody keeps saying that that was there. I think she made a, you know, naive mistake that she, or ignorant mistake. And, um, uh, I don't know. I, I think she deserves to be forgiven um just for the actions and and like you know as long as she is continuing to take the right steps and grow but um i don't blame matt if he doesn't get back with her that's completely his decision uh i just i i felt the love and finally in that finale finally in that after the final rose i was like whoa that you know he could barely talk he was uh, I don't know. So if they got back together, I, I would be happy for them, but I don't see it happening because he's such, he already has his walls up and he's so scarred by his dad. And yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening, but I would be happy for them if they did, but they both need to grow. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> maybe in 10 years. So should Chris Harrison come back to hosting the show? If, if I'm being completely honest, I would love to see him come back. Not this next one. Maybe not even this year. Maybe 2022. Maybe that might be the appropriate time, 2022. But I don't think he is doing all the steps he can right now to try and prove himself. And I I do believe he'll probably – I don't think Chris Harrison's a racist. And so I I think he's good at his job. And I don't feel like he should just be written off just for this – for. I just don't, I don't know. I don't feel like he should just get fired from it when 
to be completely honest, it's not all just on Chris Harrison. He is just the face of the franchise. The I almost feel like he's now being the, the scapegoat for all the racist problems the show has had. And uh, he's hired a lawyer, a big time lawyer to, to sue the show because I feel like he is getting I, I feel like they're using him to be like, yeah, Chris Harrison was a problem and we never had anything to do with it. It's like, y'all, Chris Harrison's a face and reads the script. You guys control what happens on that show and casting. Chris Harrison doesn't cast or edit. So I don't know. What do you think? So I'm not sure, but I I'm willing to look into to see what kind of pull he has with creativity here. Like, cause he is the face. Like, is he like a one of the showrunners? Is he like a heavy producer and gets to call shots? Or is he no. literally collects a paycheck, goes in front of the camera and hosts? He collects a paycheck and goes. That man is not getting like he he is told what to do. He has a good gig. There's no way that that guy is over there. Like half the time when he does this job, I feel like he is. It's because I, I I felt like he was close to retirement. Honestly, I feel like that's what they were headed towards, and I don't think he really like. I don't think he necessarily like cared to um, that he was going to stick around for a bunch of years. But I just don't think that he's in there trying to call the shots because. Mike Fleece, like the executive producer, like that's, those are the people that have control. Like maybe Chris has some producing credit just for the, the money of it, but I just don't see him. I just think that he doesn't care. All right. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, cause I mean, I would you want to see him back? So as you, as I've said, I've only seen two seasons with him hosting, but I know he's been on since the beginning, which has been like 20 years let's have somebody else up there you know let's call the towel now from what he did yes the he put his foot in his own mouth has he come out and talked about that at all yeah he did a a good morning america interview apology with michael strahan and um it was good the i mean it was okay to be honest it felt very uh calculated and like uh, yeah yeah, like polish. Like he obviously had what he was going to say, which I guess I'm not surprised by that. When you're doing a Good Morning America interview, you probably want to make sure you say what you had written or whatever. Um, but it's more about, and they've said that he's hired like professionals to inform him on race, like he's learning all this stuff. I, I just, I don't, I'm not, I don't agree with like cancel culture. And I, like Rachel Lindsay has said this too. It's not about you make a mistake, you're canceled, you go away, and then you don't learn learn from it. That's why I don't think it's going to be beneficial if we're just like, go away, Chris Harrison. I think we need to see that he's grown and we need to see him take the right steps to show that racism is wrong and see it from him. Like, like otherwise, it's just like, oh, okay, anyone, if you say something racist, then you're out the door and there's no redemption. Right, right. And I'm not saying that he should come back because of what he did. I'm just saying maybe just need a fresh coat of paint kind of thing yeah i don't mind if someone i I feel like he should just have his like maybe one more season and then get his like get the proper goodbye i just would hate for him to go out like that yeah no the this season was horrible no for sure i think i mean does he does yeah does he deserve something better than what he got probably um but you know in the end kind of who cares let's we can get somebody else (laughs) 
<laughs> Chris Harrison. Well, uh, it's a, I think it's also a little different. Like you said, you've only watched two seasons. It's a little it's a little bittersweet for me because I've watched like all of them. Almost. You grew up with him. Yeah, I grew, <laughs> I watched the first season when it aired on television. I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> was that how you were? <laughs> yeah, I really actually think about a young girl watching a man date at the time. I think there was like 20 women. I don't even know if it was. 20 or 15, something like that. And you're just watching. And that one, he didn't kiss on even every woman. And actually, FYI, the first kiss on bat in on Bachelor, the first kiss uh that happened, the white bachelor kissed a black girl, just FYI. That was the first kiss on the bachelor. Okay. That was I don't know. I thought that was crazy for that time that that happened. That's that's hot because that was 20 years ago. Yeah, over, over 20 years ago. Yeah. My goodness. So you were really young. Like tenish. <laughs> oh my god! No, maybe like twelve. Yeah, maybe twelve. All right. Oh my goodness. Okay, so Chris Harris should come back. Chris Harrison shouldn't come back. Leave it up to the folks listening. Uh, we would like to see him back, probably at some capacity, or maybe just a send off kind of yeah. thing, which is much better. But it's exciting that Tasha and who else? Caitlin Bristow, who, Brian, I feel like if you watched her on both the season she was on and also her season, you would love her. I think you'd be like, this is my kind of girl. I really do think. Cool. So they're going to be hosting. And what's coming up in The Bachelor Bachelorette? Because at the end of this last finale, they announced two bachelorettes. Yeah. So Katie and Michelle... Katie's up first, so does that mean there's no Bachelor because none of the guys are really doing their part, or I don't know. What's well, honestly, yeah, I think there's no. I really feel like this whole like back to back Bachelor is almost a punishment to the Bachelors because the Bachelors have been screwing up so much. It's not just Matt James. Like Peter, the season before was not. It didn't go well, and I think they're just like, all right, men don't know what they want right now. We're not like, or they're just casting poorly, whatever. So uh, that's part of it. But also I heard that the reason they wanted Michelle, that was the thing they wanted Michelle, but Michelle needed to finish out the school year and she didn't want to shoot until summer, which they're shooting Katie's right now. Mm -hmm. So she was like, I'm not missing any more school. So they're like, okay, we'll go with Katie now. And then we'll get Michelle right when she's available. So that was the rumor too, but apparently they'll do, they're doing Katie's right now. If I'm not mistaken, they'll film uh, Paradise, and Paradise should air before Michelle's season. Which, oh my gosh, that's I need Paradise. I need Is Victoria going to be in Paradise? Probably, probably. <laughs> it's it's all the people that create like drama. They'll get there, and the, it won't be as the reason with Paradise. You don't have so much investment either. It's it's all the people who were rejected. They all just get there on the beach, and. More people stand a chance at finding love, which I think they have a pretty good uh, success rate as far as the people who've gotten together. But more people have a chance of finding love. And then, but you don't care as much. You're not like as hurt. Like, oh, well, if nobody finds love, who cares? It was just paradise. It was a summer fling. But it's more fun. It's just more fun. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. Yeah. And then Michelle season would be and Michelle that. Season. If, if if I'm correct on that, but I think that's the order of what'll go. And then maybe if there are good guys in either Katie season or or even Bachelor in Paradise, because my hope is uh they casted Joe, the anesthesiologist from uh Tasha and Claire season, who was the Asian guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
he was like my favorite. No, he was awesome. He was, I liked him a lot. He was, I wanted him to be the bachelor so bad. And if he could be the next bachelor after Michelle's done, he would be the first Asian bachelor ever. So that'd be awesome. Um, so with all of that, actually I act, I read that two people from Dallas are going to be on Katie's season. Mm. Do you know him? No, I do not. I mean, I don't <laughs> know. I just read that, oh, two people from Dallas are going to be on Katie's season. I'm like, oh. I'm not surprised. Every season, a Dallas person pretty much gets in there. They, they have some Texas people, which is, yeah, which is really sure. cool. Yeah, so uh, there you go. That's Bachelor mm-hmm. coming up. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I'm going to try to get Susan to watch Big Brother since I've been doing Bachelor. That we can, she can join Matt Mungle and I on the Entertainment Answer on our on our Big Brother podcast because uh-huh. I know she would like it. I'm sure I would. I have no doubt I would. So I love like those reality, I, but that's my problem. I get sucked in. <laughs> It's fun. It's fun. So <laughs> moving on past The Bachelor to our main event of episode 25 of No BS with Brian. And Susan. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about spoofs, parodies, all of the good stuff. Um, we're going to talk about the parody spoof movies, uh, even some spoof songs and music. But let's... Let's uh let's first ask the question, Susan. Mm-hmm. What makes a good spoof? What makes a good parody? What is there a formula? Is there a, a key ingredient? What what is it? Gosh, that's tough. I don't necessarily know what makes like a good spoof. I I feel like I mean definitely like the right story. I think that's really tough. Good writing, good jokes, and something, a familiar plot that we actually, everyone, a pretty like mainstream storyline that everybody can get because you don't want something just like a low-key movie that not everybody watched. I don't know. That's really a tough question. What do you think? I think that with a good spoof, a good parody, it doesn't necessarily have to be a story because they're already drawing from an actual story and playing it out or multiple stories and playing it out. Mm-hmm. But I think it's how you take whatever content you have because it's mostly serious or horror or dramatic mm-hmm. and how you conceive and construct the absurdity of the joke of it. Mm-hmm. Because I think with, uh, you know, certain movies that we'll mention and even our blind watch, you can, you know, argue or not argue that the seriousness of the situation is not laughable, but you can make the joke so absurd and ridiculous and far-fetched that it becomes funny, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, it, it, cause I'm a firm believer, like George Carlin said, you can joke about anything, anything. It doesn't matter the subject. You can joke about anything it's hard to these days but it's how the joke is constructed you know well it also it has to be funny like you have you have there's a fine line between uh like joking and then just sounding mean because sometimes people can just be so because if it's not funny then you just sound mean right 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 so i think 
that's kind of what can make a good spoof is how mm-hmm. funny and absurd the joke can take you. Yeah. And that's where I think it goes into. And then, you know, some of it feels lazy and then some of it is just knock it out of the park gold type of stuff. Yeah. So let's, let's dive in to our favorite spoof parody films. Susan, start us, lead us into that hilarity. <laughs> yeah, I have a, I mean, okay. So I guess I, I, it's hard to like just pick like the five. So I just, I said, there's a few more than five, but yeah. So I picked, uh, obviously Spaceballs is like my all-time favorite. Um, I need to rewatch it because I feel like I used to watch it so much as a kid, but I probably as a kid, I definitely enjoyed it even more than like Star Wars because I thought it was so funny and- well, well, because space, I mean, so Spaceballs came out, you know, two or three years, maybe four years after Return of the Jedi. Mm. And, you know, it's the biggest trilogy ever made for the most part, Star Wars. And of course, Mel Brooks had to put his hand in there. And it just was solid gold because there's so much to make fun of. And I think one of the... my. One of my favorite scenes in a movie, you know, I asked that question to a lot of people, but I think one of the funniest scenes and one of my favorite scenes is one of the oldest, dumbest jokes. I'm surrounded by assholes, but (laughs) I, you know, there's a joke. I'm surrounded by assholes. Mel Brooks takes that scene in Spaceballs and calls characters, (laughs) their last name is Asshole, Lieutenant Asshole. How many assholes do we have on the ship? Any? (laughs) No, I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. It's so goddamn funny. Yeah. And it's it's so great. And it's a joke that is like, takes two seconds to say, but he drags it out for two minutes. And it's so good. Yeah. And and it's one of the, one of the few uh, movies, one of the very few movies that has the flaw, the most flawless and most perfect casting. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Daphne Zuniga, Bill Pullman, okay. John Candy, Joan Rivers, and then, of course, Rick Moranis is Dark Helmet. Yes. That is, like, the best. <laughs> it is so good. Helmet. Helmet. Just Dark Helmet. Name. Oh, was he Dark Helmet? His, oh, his name's just... Dark Helmet. <laughs> oh, I just call it. They they would call him Helmet. I just called him Helmet. But um, Daphne Zugina, like, I thought, by the way, like, I just was obsessed with her because I thought she was, like, the most beautiful woman in that movie. I just thought she was gorgeous. But... Right, I, no, I but, it, I, but like the spoof of Spaceballs, like even how Star Wars starts out, the very first shot of every Star Wars movie, at least the trilogy, mm-hmm. is a gigantic ship flying overhead. Mm-hmm. And how does Spaceballs start out? It's a gigantic ship that takes five minutes, literally, to fly overhead. <laughs> and it's so good. Yeah. It, it, literally, I think you could time it. It might not be five minutes, but I think it's actually like two and a half or three minutes of screen time mm-hmm. and it just goes from there and then you know yoda being yogurt and the four yeah. and the schwartz like schwartz it's really good and mm-hmm. c3po being dot matrix and i mean i don't know how they did it i mean even the sillier jokes of job of the hut and pizza the hut that's amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no that's it's that well, that is an example of the details. That was like Mel Brooks went into like deep detail. He didn't, it wasn't a lazy spoof. I think there's a lot of lazy spoofs 
that just try to do dumb jokes and they're just yeah. like, all right. But this one had a lot of originality to it too. So, but like, I, re- I know this is like the dumbest one. I, re- I still crack up from comb the desert, comb the desert. And it's just a giant comb. <laughs> like, oh yeah, no, no they're combing the desert. And then they make yeah. the joke in the movie, are we being too literal? Yeah. <laughs> no, we're told to comb the desert, so we're combing it. And yeah. then they have the, the combs and then the two black guys have a pick. <laughs> I don't remember that. No, so they, they have like the giant combs that you comb your hair and then uh-huh. the two black guys have a pick that they're combing it with. Oh. Found anything yet? We ain't found shit. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I love the, I love when it's like, are we being too literal? You're always preparing. Just go, just go. And it's just, I like when they break the third wall, you know, this is now, Mm -hmm. now what's happening now is happening now. Yeah. There's like every scene in Spacefall. It is a pitch perfect movie. Mm -hmm. It really is. And it's, it's got a good soundtrack and it's, it's feel good. It's just, it's just really funny. <laughs> yeah, it has a great ending. That was always my favorite part. I love the ending. It was so happy. But, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, well, it, I think, and that's another thing with your spoofs, like, that makes a good spoof, is when there's still maybe a little bit of heart there. Like, you can still have fun with yourself, but, like, there was a sweet love story and a caring friendship and stuff. So it wasn't, like, I don't feel like they, those ever there was still heart. Like some of these spoofs nowadays, they're just, they go so, it's just like, you don't really care about the characters. They don't make you care about the characters because they're all just like puppets. I feel like they're just jokes. This one almost feels like a real movie, like, like (laughs) serious, but it's, it's total spoof the whole way through. But anyways, yeah, obviously that one is great. This, this next one, I have the same feeling Robin Hood men in tights. (laughs) That's another oh, that, one. It's so good. It's I vividly remember I watched it in the theater with my cousin and still one of the scenes I'll say you another one of my favorite scenes is when in Robin Hood um the the Kevin Costner one Prince of Thieves when little John uh, almost drowns in the ra- roaring rapids, but when little John and men in tights falls in like a little creek. That's one of my favorite scenes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, is that because was... they sell it so well? It's so scenes. well. He's so he's like, help me, help me, I can't swim. I can't swim. Oh my god! And then like that's that was the whole turn. It was like okay. I trust you now. Like we're good. <laughs> like, uh, he just looks so like uh, okay. And that's and that was one of Dave Chappelle's first movies. And then, oh wow right before that because he plays um a chew um yeah yeah right. and his father is bless a sneeze you. but yeah a chew <laughs> a jew no a chew. bless you no it's not yeah. my name man but no like right before that scene when little john falls in little creek dave Chappelle gets on there he's like i'm on the left side i'm on the right side it's real easy <laughs> just stands on it and so no just that whole oh man they made fun of that movie in kevin costner for sure because kevin costner didn't have an english accent and and then you had like the rap song you know i said hey hey i said hey naughty night oh ho, ho. and it's oh it's so good we're made it tight is. it's a uh, i don't know I, Mel Brooks is like the king of parody, don't you? I don't know. Why, no, why he is. Like why do you like it? I mean, that, that's it kind of is similar to the same feeling why I like Spaceballs. I just think that there's still, it doesn't go, it, it's silly, but they there's enough of a story there 
to still care about the characters and want to see it through. And there's, there's a heart. Like, I, I just think that's, what's a little bit missing to like the later spoofs is it's just, I don't know. Um, but there's, it's not all just a joke. Like so, some of these later spoofs and I have them in my worst ones is they become mean. They, be, well, they become mean. And it's just constant. Like it's not even a story. It's just a constant, uh, like they'll they'll just, you know drop uh, promotional ads like whatever it's ugh, what's the term I can't even think of product sponsored placement? by product placement yeah it's a lot of product placement and um, just constant like disaster after another to where it's like are we getting to a story yet like they're missing there's no story anymore it's just what's the scene we can make fun of from another like all these different movies or something yeah. it's like trying to force a thing so anyways robin hood men and tights like it's another film that like you wouldn't even think is a spoof sometimes like just because it's so cohesive and like <laughs> it's so good, good too. it's so funny yeah but uh i really like that uh scary movie one is good too but i'm not i didn't put that on my list scary movie three is actually my favorite one because it okay. makes fun of I loved it. Uh, as a kid, I was so scared of the ring and <laughs> this one was heavy making fun of the ring and it actually even still kind of had a scary scene, but, uh, I just thought it was so funny. It makes fun of, uh, eight mile mm-hmm. and, um, it was a really good, I just, I'll never forget cracking up with, um, Leslie Nielsen when he, his character, oh, cause they, I think they make fun of like X-Men as well, but like when he, they're about to like the, the, Samara character is about to like kill them and he like opens the door he says hey guys I just we're all wishing you good luck I just wanted to say that all right I don't know I that <laughs> like I cried I didn't expect it I remember like dying laughing in the scene they make fun of um the like matrix again and he's like oh we had a daughter we had a daughter and I forgot what I said like she just was so annoying <laughs> but it was it was it was really good it was funny and um I like that one. I also like Not Another Teen Movie. I think they did a solid job. That's a rated R one too. I was like, they had a lot of stuff in that. Oh yeah, it was it was dirty. It was yeah. raunchy. It was uh, oh, there's one scene like the oh, uh, say it, say it. What's that? I was saying. Was she's like, I just want the the day where a guy will take a shit on me, <laughs> and and then that the dude is like, it's like the. The kid is like, oh, oh, that's gross. I can't believe you've never had someone take a shit on you. And she's like, will you be that guy? I'd be honored. And then, like they go do that, just like so gross. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, I think it's fun. That was a making fun of rom-coms. So I, I liked it. I think that was like the best one that made fun of rom-coms easily. Uh, Haunted House 2. Haunted House 2. I thought that one was actually better than the first one with uh, Marlon Wayans. Like, that was a good one. And uh, did you ever see <laughs> Haunted House? Oh, you reminded me of Haunted House. I just, I loved that scene where they're making fun of paranormal activity. And uh, it's Marlon Wayans, and he sees it for the first time. And then he just like breaks out of the house. He moves. He's like, bitch, deuces. Yeah. He takes off. <laughs> like, that's what we would all do, I feel like. Right? Out. And I thought that was so goddamn funny. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. He's good. He's definitely a good 
uh, a good talent for these spoof films. Um, and also, did you ever see this one? I guess I looked it up and I guess Scary Movie was first, which is funny that they did it. But there was one I used to watch on USA all the time. It's called Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th. Yes, I remember that movie. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. Yes. I, I don't remember like it very well, like as far as scene by scene, because I was so young when I last saw it. But I watched it repeatedly. Had a solid cast, too. Um, and I remember thinking it was so funny. Anytime it was on TV, I really enjoyed it. Like, I would watch it today, too. It was, I remember enjoying that. So, those are good. Those are so good. <laughs> what are, I'm guessing we have some similar ones, maybe, but what are yours? Right. I'll get two off the top of my plate, then I'll go in a different direction, but I'll say Blazing Saddles for sure. We'll go to Mel Brooks to start out with, with his Western fantastic. Mm-hmm. Black Sheriff, you know, it's, well, it's the funniest movie ever made. It's so good. Um, taking the Western and adding in, you know, Broadway musical to it. It's so, so good. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I would add Airplane. Um, airplane one and two are equally just as good and some great, fantastic comedy. Cause with something like Naked Gun, Mm-hmm. And something like Airplane, those movies, if you watch them, they're played out very serious, deadpanned and dry. <sighs> they really are. It, it's yeah. just, they're play- and that's what makes them so funny uh, is that they play it dry and serious, but it's the dialogue and everything that ha- it's so good. It's so great. So those two, but then I'll go in a different direction here. I'll say Austin Powers is a great spoof movie because that spoofs completely James Bond and Spy. Mm -hmm. And it's really funny too. Um, I'll say that. I'll also say Tropic Thunder is a great spoof. Is that a spoof? Oh my goodness. It spoofs. I mean, even like the first five minutes of them spoofing all the ridiculous movies, the action guy, the drama, and the comedy guy like Eddie Murphy with Jack Black. And then with Ben Stiller, playing the retarded kid like that's it's a spoof oh. movie on making movies <laughs> well, i would pick tropic thunder too then because i love that movie no it's it's great um i also i would uh a twofer tucker and dale versus evil and cabin in the woods you know hmm. those are those. great spoof movies on the horror genre mm-hmm. <laughs> one's funnier than the other but they're both spoof movies yeah and i would also say shrek for fairy tale and Disney films because they kind of have them all in there and Uh they go and they spoof it. So like even in Shrek, that perfect pitch, perfect flawless scene of um, Cameron Diaz, princess Fiona singing in her beautiful voice and the birds are coming and then the birds actually die. Their heads pop off. (gasps) And then the next scene is her cooking the birds eggs. (laughs) because the birds uh are she's singing with the birds and the bird's head pops off and you see that there's her eggs in the nest it's very sad but then the next scene is her cooking the eggs and that's (laughs) a pitch perfect spoof parody of what a disney princess would actually do and i thought that was awesome yeah that's a good one too um and then i would say mars attacks a great spoof on 50s sci-fi horror like the blob in um like invasion type of movie, alien invasion with a cr- mm-hmm. crazy cast. And then um, my last one would probably be uh, team America, the South park creators, uh, a spoof 
with marionettes on like Michael Bay action movies, Jerry Bruckheimer mm-hmm. action movies, which is really great. And it's a musical, no less, which uh-huh. is wonderful. And then just honorable mention, Galaxy Quest's parody spoof on Star Trek and Last Action Hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger um, on that. So I kind of went that way uh, with it. So oh, okay. those are- those No are, space balls? I mean, you said space balls. I oh. had space balls and then- You did have my, it, okay. Yeah, okay. oh, I forgot to mention Top Secret too with Val Kilmer, what a fantastic- I saw that one. You never seen Top Secret? I don't think so, unless I don't know what I'm, what the movie actually is. You'll Maybe. like, you'll, oh my God, we even think of Hot Shots with Charlie Sheen. I did see that. Oh and my I, and God. And I, I thought about it, but I, I really don't remember it well enough. Oh, there's so much good stuff in there. Oh, I remember. Yeah, I never saw Top Secret, no. You'll like I that. I did see Hot Shots. I did see Hot that. Shots, oh my goodness. I'll never forget, Hot, I mean, he's so funny, Topper Harley. Uh, Lloyd Bridges, the commander, they're on the gigantic naval battleship and he's standing on top of it and his hat blows off into the ocean. And he's like, oh my God, man, we've got to go back and get my hat on this big naval ship about to go to war. They're like, well, we're about to go to war. He's like, well, for God's sakes, put Rabinowitz in a life raft and have him circle around my hat until we get back. Good God, do I have to think of everything? And I thought that line and joke was so funny because just his hat blew off. Oh, Lloyd Bridges was so good. So spoof movies. Okay, worst spoof movies. Oh, I have a few. So I absolutely hated Scary Movie 2 and 4. Those sucked. They were why, so why, why? Uh, Scary Movie 2 was like just really gross i remember feeling like like grossed out by it and it just coming off of scary movie one i forget what they were spoofing but it just wasn't funny it just there was nothing i just remember being annoyed by it and then scary movie four i can barely remember it just like they messed up everything they had they didn't do a really good continuation of scary movie like because before i thought they did pretty solid continuations but going into four it felt like a new movie and it wasn't just wasn't good um so vampire suck that was making fun of twilight series i was so excited for that and there were funny parts but it was another one that felt lazy it just felt lazy it felt like mm, like you didn't really do much to make this it was, it was it felt pointless like they didn't get as creative as they could with that yeah. like nothing was like hardcore funny it was just a weak spoof uh meet the spartans i oh didn't- yeah that was on my list. That one? <laughs> so bad. I didn't even finish. That's how bad that was. I rented it. I remember renting it from a blockbuster and getting so excited because I was into those, like, because I liked, like, not another team movie and stuff like that. And that felt like the biggest product placement movie. Like, it felt like everything was just, there was no story. It was a constant, like, like what is even happening? I couldn't take it anymore. I stopped the movie. It was so bad. Um, epic movie, kind of the same same issue. And date movie, like a really bad, trying to be, not another teen movie, but failed. So. Yeah. No. What about you? I mean, you kind of said them <laughs> um, already. I think that was, 
uh, yeah, date movie and meet the Spartans were just, ugh. I remember seeing them and it's like, why this could have been so much better. A uh, disaster mm-hmm. movie was pretty terrible. I remember yep. seeing that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it, it is a disaster. Yeah. Um, and also uh, what is another one? Oh, you know what I didn't like? I mean, there was like elements that I liked to it, but as a whole, I did not like um, movie 43, which was, thought. It's kind of, it's kind of like a Kentucky Fried movie or Amazon Women on the Moon, which are excellent. Um, they're like sketch show, sketch movies, like little mm-hmm. sketches. And I didn't. It was not great. And then there was one that I was really excited for in 1997. It was called Plump Fiction, <laughs> and it was you know a spoof parody on like a lot of Tarantino stuff up until that time. Yeah. And it was so horrible. Um, hated it, hated it, hated it. Called Plump Fiction. Did not like yeah. it. So those those are probably the worst ones that I've seen. But I totally forgot a great one that I just oh. remembered. Boy. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's called Repossessed. Uh-huh. And it is a spoof on The Exorcist. And it oh. actually stars the little girl from The Exorcist, Linda Blair, who's has a family now. And she becomes possessed by the devil again. And then Leslie Nielsen is the um, the father, the priest. And it's really funny. Wow. Yeah, Repossessed. Oh. That's one movie that I used to watch growing up. And it's just, it's great. It's, they did a good job with it. So if you if you get a chance to see Repossessed, it's wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, good job. So, that sounds like it's one I would like. No, I think you would like yeah. it uh, for sure. And then, um, so is there... Is there such thing as an unspoofable movie? I mean, I'm sure there is. Honestly, yeah, because uh, I think a comedy. I don't think you can, like, for example, like, like Tommy Boy. That's just a funny comedy. If you tried to spoof Tommy Boy, I just feel like it'd be weird. Yeah, I guess if you, I mean, I guess in the in the realm of like if somebody makes a spoof parody film and they like tackle like the Woody Allen genre and the Judd mm-hmm. Apatow genre yeah have similar like the budget versions of those actors play themselves yeah. you can maybe do it and then same goes with like Chris Farley like they mm-hmm. could technically do that but that would be very difficult and probably not great and funny it just wouldn't be funny because those movies are already funny and I just can't imagine that that would be even close to like, why ruin it? Why try to go ahead and, and make something funny. That's already funny. That's why spoofs are better to, to do some, a serious film or horror film. I think that's where, or like a rom-com is different because there is a serious element to it. It's not necessarily just a comedy. You're making fun of a love story. Right. But. Right. So like, could, could you spoof uh, Dara of Yasanovich? Oh no, and you can't spoof something that's like a true serious story. Like that's just <laughs> offensive. That's I would be so offended. <laughs> but like you know, when we talked with our previous guest, Doctor Berenbaum, he said mm-hmm. you don't spoof necessarily the story, but you could spoof like Hitler, right? Such yeah. as the producers did with Mel Brooks or Taika Waititi did with Jojo Rabbit, right? Right. You can do what you did with uh, Jojo Rabbit and you can do what you did with Inglorious Bastards because the actual thing that was happening, that was still serious and wrong. 
Like, but, and you can make fun of Hitler, but if somebody was like making a joke of the way that like Jews got murdered, I think that's really disgusting. <laughs> right. Like, so you probably couldn't make a spoof on the hall, like Schindler's list, but could you make yeah. like, can you spoof a movie in the vein of like uh saving private Ryan, like a war action movie? Yeah. Yeah. I think you could. I, I think you could, I, because you could. I think it's possible again, if you, you'd have to be really careful and tasteful about it. Right. No, I mean, I think one of Spielberg's funniest scenes he's ever made in a movie is in Saving Private Ryan. Which scene? It's when they're looking for Ryan and they get the wrong Private Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember that? That scene plays out so funny because it's Nathan Fillion Mm-hmm. And he's so sad about it. And then when they find out it's not the real Ryan, everybody rolls their eyes and like, oh, Jesus Christ. He's like, wait, is my, my family not dead? And it's just like, wow, that's a really funny scene in this very serious movie. Yeah. I wonder like where the line is kind of thing. Because I mean, right. Because, okay, so like you take that. So like Rambo movies are kind of, you know, more or less serious. And mm-hmm. um, Hot Shots kind of took off top gun and rambo but i don't know i it's interesting it's interesting yeah i agree yes there's probably some unspoofable movies probably you can't yeah. spoof schindler's list darav yasanovich son of saul that's something you just can't do and be tasteful i would imagine and if somebody does it it does it tasteful my god i want to see it and applaud them because my goodness how would you do that i mean i think taika and mel brooks have done it you know, not really spoof wise, not but spoof. yeah, you know, made more of a comedy, no less. But again, like mm-hmm. the good doctor said on our podcast, it's not parodying or making fun of the event. It's a right. person. Right. So I think that's pretty great. Yeah. But you said it right. I think comedy is a very difficult one to parody. I think you have to take serious movies and that's where mm-hmm. it, it lies. Right. Right. Like, uh, so is there a movie that you would like to see as a spoof? is there a movie i would like to see as a spoof Mm -hmm. um you know i think what would be funny i mean i guess there's been like a a couple movies that have kind of done this a little bit you know maybe with kung fu hustle or shaolin soccer or even kung pao but like some of the bruce lee movies like enter the dragon would kind of be pretty awesome and then to like mix it in with some great fight choreography. And then, oh my God. I mean, I'm sure it's been done, but maybe like an entire Matrix trilogy spoof series. Like I know there've been scenes of yeah, Matrix spoof, but yeah. if they did like an entire movie on that, I think that would be so funny because that movie is pretty damn serious. Mm-hmm. It would be really, really fantastic. Um Oh man, what's another great and and you know what? I wonder if I mean so let's say Christopher Guest mockumentaries, kind of like Best in Show mm-hmm. or Wayne for Guffman. See, I don't feel like you can spoof those. They're already practically a spoof. No, but not those, but like take oh. a documentary and spoof. Oh, oh, spoof another documentary. Okay. Yeah. Right. You know, like <laughs> Yeah. I don't I know. Mean, you have to pick a good one but yeah uh, i i like the reason i like those films is because it's like original and it's just like picking right right mm-hmm. oh let's let's spoof the tree of life by terrence malick <laughs> is that not a joke itself whoa whoa oh. 
love her. You liked it, right? I loved it. It was one of the favorite movies of the year. Gross. I mean, can you imagine spoofing a Terrence Malick movie? How great would that be? Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be very hard. It's very easy to make fun of that. (laughs) Well, it'd be a bunch of whispering. It'd be a bunch of whispering. Like, like, speak up. Speak up. Oh, my God. Please, let's spoof a Terrence Malick movie. Shots of the grass blowing in the wind. (laughs) Like... That would be a lot of that. <laughs> uh, let's do that. All right. What about you? What what what, what movie? You so I really to? just thought of like two that I think would be really great. Um, if they just did a whole like Nicholas Sparks, I'm just making fun of all of his films because they're so popular and be great. Like The Notebook could be like the the meat of it, and then you know you can do the fillers of other films like Last Song and um, what is it Longest Ride, whatever, anything like that. But I think that would be a fun one. I think that you could have a lot of fun with Nicholas Sparks one. <laughs> and if they did, if they did it really well, because they pulled it off with, um, with space balls, but if they could do an Avengers one, I think if they could do, that would be, I, mean, I think you'd have to thing. have, you would have to have either. You would have to have Mel Brooks come back for it. Yeah. That's not happening yeah. because I don't think anybody would really do it justice. I mean, I would really like to see Marlon Wayans do a black Avengers just because I like his take on shit. And I think it would be hilarious to see. Um, it would need to be done well too, though. Like it would need a good production value. It does pretty solid. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't want to see would- it be. Crappy. But it wouldn't. But I mean, like you say, like Star Wars had a crazy production value, and Spaceballs kind of didn't. But I mean, kind of. But it looked good. Yeah, like, it looked good. Looked good. I don't want to yeah. see something look like. I don't know. It's something about like like vampires suck. Like that looked so bad to me. What I wanted to look like like Spaceballs looked very well shot. Could Rick Moranis to... play Thanos? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that would be like you'd have so much material to work with, with um, like things that you could make fun of. They a... would really have to do that fan theory of how to kill Thanos with Ant Man. Mm-hmm. You heard that, right? No. So there was a huge theory before Endgame came out mm-hmm. that how Thanos would die or should die would uh-huh. be for Ant Man to get really tiny. Like to his like his the quantum realm yeah. and fly up Thanos's asshole and then go big. <laughs> they they could they could they, absolutely do that. That's there you go. Paul Rudd brought that fan theory I think from Reddit up on talk shows. <laughs> wow, I think that's a that, that that's how you go out. That's how you end it. That's how um, Thanos dies. That would be amazing. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that would be great. So yeah, an Avengers one would be amazing. Just mm-hmm. all of the Marvel movies kind of thing. That God, who would be a good director for that? My goodness. I don't know. I'd have to see like, because a lot of the good spoofs are older films. The only one, like I said, Marlon Wayans has done a pretty good job, but I think he, we need somebody like on a bigger scale. I mean, Jermaine Clement and... Taika Waititi with oh, what we do Taika in the shadows. Waititi. I mean, those yeah. would be so good. So I think yeah. Taika Waititi, yeah. yeah. That would be good. So mm-hmm. uh, so we talked about movies. Let's talk about spoof songs. There are okay. spoof songs. Mostly, you know, you think of spoof song and you think of Weird Al Yankovic, right? Yeah, I was going to say that's all I got. <laughs> I mean, is there a certain song you like that is a spoof uh, song? My favorite is always Amish Paradise. <laughs> I used to that used to pop up on uh, VH1 in the morning for me when I would like Saturday mornings I would watch uh, VH1 
top 10 or pop-up video and uh that that song would come in there and i'd always like it <laughs> that's that's Amish paradise is great yeah. uh i do love weird al very much um mm-hmm. i do love his michael jackson eat it to beat eat it. it it's a good one it's so good and fat to bad is a wonderful one um like a surgeon from Madonna's like, like a, a virgin. Surgeon. Yeah, that's a good one too. Mm-hmm. It's a great one. And then Sesame Street did the Beatles Let It Be to Letter Be, which was educational mm-hmm. as well. <laughs> which those little Muppets singing Letter Be, Letter Be it was great. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I guess those would be those would be the ones, I guess. I, I don't mm-hmm. know who really has made a really big impact of like Weird Al in that realm because they I can't think of one. All of those songs he does are really good. They are. They are. They're so catchy. They stay in your head. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're great. They're great. So uh, th- those are spoofs. That's our main event. But now it's time to move to our blind watch. Which, uh, which, if you haven't listened to the show before, is where we switch off each week, each episode, and pick a movie we've never seen. And since we did Dara Yasanovich and had the premier Holocaust historian on our show, it was real deep. It was real heavy. It was nothing like usual, no BS stuff where we have fun. We took it really seriously. And... I actually had a pretty serious movie picked out and Susan and I both agreed let's pick a very fun movie just to wash ourselves off with and you know have a good time so I went through the stacks and I can't believe we both never saw this but this movie came out in 2016 and going in line with our spoof uh main event 50 Shades of Black, the spoof on 50 Shades of Grey, done by Marlon Wayans. Uh, yes, 50 Shades of Black. We watched it. And we went into this hoping just to have a smile, something easy to watch. And I think that it turned out that we had a really good time with it. I don't know. Susan, yeah. what do you think? No, I completely agree. I did have a really good time with it. I thought it was just like, because that's another one, you know, it's like the, the, I don't know if we need more. I don't think we need a spoof for each Fifty Shades movie because I think we got the point across on these. Uh, but <laughs> that movie is, you got gold of what you can make fun of there. And uh, Marlon Wentz, he's just so good. He's so funny. Like he is, his delivery is just what makes it all like, I, I don't know. So I did, I, I, I had fun with it. Um, I mean, I don't yeah. know if we'll go into it, but yeah, but yeah. There's, well, there's it's one of things. those parody movies. Cause we've mentioned parody movies and spoof movies earlier. And some of the spoof movies we mentioned kind of tackle several different films. This is one of them that kind of tackles only the only one movie, 50 shades of gray. And it was directed mm-hmm. by Michael uh, Titus and who directed A Haunted House uh, and A Haunted House 2 with Marlon Wayne. Mm. So they have, a, they have a rapport and whatnot when they did this already. And, you know, from somebody who's, both of us who've watched Fifty Shades of Grey, it's always fun in these spoof movies to see kind of what jokes they have, what jokes they tackle. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And they, I think they got it right. Like they did a good yeah. job <laughs> in making it ridiculous over the top. And like we said earlier, it's how you construct the joke and how far you take it and how absurd it becomes. And then man, Marlon Wayne's takes it to places like he goes raunchy. He goes gross. There's all sorts of secretions and bodily stuff in it. Mm. I mean, there's, I mean, yeah, it's gross. It's gross. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking about some stuff. It made me, I was like, Oh, this is sick. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny. And you know, watching these movies and all these actors in it, you have to think like they're having such a funny time and a great time doing this because it's gross and it's funny and they know the the content they're spoofing you know i mean does it show on screen with marlon and the actors that they're having a great time oh yeah yeah you can tell they have great everybody has great chemistry and everybody's uh very committed i mean that's one of those things when you're like a comedy actor you have to own the role and all of them commit to their characters very well so i that mean i to me i look at that as they really enjoyed the material they were given right right so with with 50 shades of black um what is the movie about well it's 50 shades of gray basically but it's yeah instead of christian gray it's christian black played by marlon waynes and you have hannah Steele, and <laughs> it's like it's kind of the same thing it's <laughs> But it's like way more ridiculous. Yeah, it's funny. They actually, there's an actual scene where she's being almost like tortured by read by him reading Fifty Shades of Grey. She's like, oh, can we go back to the waterboarding thing? Because <laughs> they, she does get waterboarded. She does. That's a little, I was like, oh, geez. That's, that might've been my one point where I was like, oh God. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if this movie was made in 2016, that was a thing five years ago. So... Oh, oh, waterboarding was sure. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, uh, 50, reading Fifty Shades Grey, it was really good. And you know, you know, it's about the secretary who's very shy and timid, who's prude and mm-hmm. Christian who takes it out of her, and you know, yeah. the BDSM type of stuff with sex, and mm-hmm. and you know, internally, I think what the book tries to convey deep down is that Christian is just not a great dude you know partially and it's his transformation and trying to realize his his own past and why the sadistic way he is right mm-hmm. and I, yeah yeah well so, i think oh go ahead go ahead no you go ahead go, you go ahead i was just saying that one thing i do like the movie is self-aware about is that because there is a lot of controversy around that book that people were like oh this is essentially a, a girl getting beat by a guy and you know, like how she's treated by him, which I will say, I mean, if you read the book and you watch the movies, Anna, her character is actually more, you know, she's not submissive to, cause she's, she, by the end of the series, she, they have like almost a normal relationship because she puts, she stands up for herself and, you know, uh, but I, I do like that in this movie, you know, Hannah like gets back at him a lot and like, you know, yeah, Christian's a wuss and yeah. he, he gets beat up and you know, like it's, he gets a taste of his own medicine and stuff. So, right. And so as you can tell, our, our initial reactions, our reactions to this movie were very positive. It's very funny. Yes. It's silly. Yes. It's stupid, but we had a great time with it. And I love like some of the scene highlights, I think, were 
you know, like in Fifty Shades of Grey, the film and the book, Christian is already like, this is not something he's exploring. It's something he's been doing a long time. So I'm really glad in Fifty Shades of Black, Marlon explored in a montage sequence several different women coming into his world and having the different reactions, whether it be, oh, hell no. What are you? <laughs> that was my favorite. I love it. She's like, how do he, he like lists all those like things. She's like, hell no. Oh, hell to the no. Boy, you need some help. Because <laughs> like, that would be me. Like, I'd be like, what is this? And I would run. Yeah, no, that was really funny how they did that. I thought that was a great sequence. Uh, what, what was on another one of your funny ones? Uh, I cracked up when uh, Hannah's dad appeared. Oh, Mike Epps is a genius. Yeah. Most people met Mike Epps in uh, next Friday, in the Friday after next. Uh, but he's, uh, I mean, he was also in The Hangover, but he, he's a genius comedian and hilarious delivery. But he showed up here and holy shit. <laughs> so funny. I, he's just like, Oh, talking about stinky fingers and uh, just being like, oh, uh, you know, I thought I thought she gonna end up like a whore, like her mama. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's it's so inappropriate, but just the way the delivery. He's so like, he sounds like a dad. He sounds like a dad, but the words that are coming out yeah. of him are nothing but not. a dad. He's just like, and then like I love the scene where like Marlon would like whatever Christian's like he's like oh we gotta take a picture and she tries to get it. he's like no nah, babe no nah, not you no nah, you just us, <laughs> <laughs> just us. oh it was so good oh the smell of my finger thing and, then, <gasps> and then Marlon Brando or not Marlon Brando Marlon Wayne's being like oh man I smell every woman yeah I smell every woman <laughs> oh god yeah it was so good and you can tell because like <laughs> Marlon Wayans doesn't have subtlety to him. Like it's very overplayed and it's wonderful to watch his reactions and his facial expressions here. <laughs> but, oh man, it's so good because like he comes into a scene and he's, you know, has his hands behind his back and he's smiling, but then like it just quickly enhances <laughs> mm-hmm. and everything. That scene is so good. <laughs> so I actually good. might have to go back and watch that scene. Yeah, I think that's my favorite scene. Like if I was to go back and just rewatch a scene, I'd, I'd watch that one because the delivery that those two have with each other and just, I don't know, it's, it's all funny. Um, I'm trying to think anything else that stands out. I mean, a lot of it was funny, but those probably what you said, those are two of the best scenes. Yeah, they were, they were pretty good. Um, worst scenes. I don't know if there were worst scenes, but there was one worst character, I think. Uh, yeah, I think. Is, is it the one that I was complaining about the whole movie? No, because she's, <laughs> she, you know, she's annoying. I mean, I, I get it, but uh, it just didn't make sense in a, in a storytelling aspect because Hannah Steele is, she would never be friends with somebody like this. At well, least her character wouldn't, I don't think. Yeah, so it, it's it's the character who's supposed to make fun of Kate, uh, Anna Steele's best friend in the in the book. And if you've read the book and watched the movies, Kate is nothing like the character they've casted. And and I mean, it's, it's nothing against even the person they cast. I don't even care if they, like, the same actress played her, but how they wrote her was there was no making fun of Kate. It was just a brand new character. That's what I didn't like. I feel like everybody else, there was elements of, like that's what makes another good spoof is that you're actually making fun of the, the people. Like you feel like, oh yeah, that is them, but they're being made fun of. Right, well, I mean, it, it's, it was a, it was a 
big chubby white woman who wanted to be black and it was just kind of really cringeworthy especially in 2021 to watch yes i mean and it was the things i mean there was a funny moment to her where she did call a guy a certain word And, uh, but it was like, but it, it, that does not play today. Like, I didn't like it. it was I, really I, I thought she was an, honestly, like I could see like a lot of people just, I don't know. I just, I would have rather her been like Kate. Like you could have make fun of Kate. Like Kate was that you could have made her like too sweet. You could have made her as the, 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 the hot, she's supposed to be hot. Maybe. Right. Pretend that she's hot, think that she's hot, and not be that hot. Or well, in that scene with King Bach, and then with Marlon Wayans and Michael Titus doing this movie, Overcharge. I wonder what they think about that scene now or in that character, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't play well now. No, really at all. In 2016, I mean, I don't even. I I wouldn't have liked that in 2016 either. No, so. It, it's 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 very strange to watch it because that character just seemed like we said earlier kind of mean yeah. it just never furthered the story like mm-hmm. she constantly tried to get hannah to get outside her shell and have sex but not in a great way <laughs> there's it was it wasn't like i don't know if you go refer back to like the scary movie films and you have sydney or Cindy, I think her name is Cindy in the scary movie films. And then you have her, I forgot who that, you know, that actress uh, who plays her best friend in it? Yes, 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 yes. Jamie no. Presley, is it Jamie Presley? No. I forget her name in real life. She's in like the Think Like a Man movies too. I hate oh, I know what you're name. talking about. I can't remember. Yeah, She's a great actress and she's so funny. But she even made sense. Like she could be really loud and obnoxious in the in the scary movie films. But she still like you got why Cindy was friends with her. And there was there she was like looking out or there. I think she had. She's like, Cindy, what are you thinking? Like, I I don't know. It's just like she like you a dumb white girl. Like, like, I don't know. It's just it made sense. And this girl just this character just made no sense to me. She was such a uh, she just stuck out so badly in this film. Like she did not fit. It no, she did not. Bad. Not at all. I didn't like any time she appeared on screen. Those were my worst scenes was any scene. That I'd be like, oh, I was texting Brian just being like, why? Why does she have to be like, like, I was like, God, she's annoying me so much. No, it was, uh, it was pretty terrible. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. I didn't like it either. Every time she was on screen, which luckily it wasn't a ton of time. No, It was just kind of, it was really dumb and mm-hmm. it just didn't make sense. Everything else was pretty good. So that would think that would be yeah. the worst thing about it. Mm-hmm. which is not great. I mean, you can get through it. Um, you can, so, you can. Right, right, right. So would we recommend this? Hell yes. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah totally. This is a great film to watch during a quarantine on it's on HBO max. So you don't got to, if you already have it, why not? And it's short. Yeah, it's really short. Could you watch this with your parents? Oh, hell no. Oh my God. <laughs> It'd be I, awkward. I even, that would be the worst. <laughs> My mom would feel sick. She would be like, there's some of those scenes and she would be like, she would be like, oh, oh my God. What? She'd probably get like mad. Like, baby, what is this? Ah, ah, no, 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 no. Turn it off. You watch this? You watch this? This is sick. And my dad would probably be the same thing. He'd be like, 
No. Oh my God. That'd be a bad one to watch it then. <laughs> I feel like you should watch it and you should film the reactions and make it go viral on YouTube. <laughs> Brian, I'll tell you about the worst, the most awkward scene I saw with my mom. Cause I had no idea what I was going in. Have you sure heard of that show Rami? That's oh yeah. Hulu? Yeah. 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 Have you watched it? I, I have not, but I've heard of it. Okay. So right after the guy won, I think it was like an Emmy or Golden Globe, one of those he won. And I looked, I didn't even know what the show was. And I was like, oh my God, it's about like a a Muslim guy. My mom's Muslim. So I was like, oh, mom, let's watch the first episode and let's see what this is all about. Like he's trying to discover his balancing his American life and Muslim life. And he's trying to find like a Muslim woman. He goes on a date with this girl and we're watching it and I, I can, we can get by with the cussing, but literally he's like the girl like pounces on him and she's like, choke me while you finger me. And my mom, I like just me and my mom. And, and she's just like, what? Did you have to explain like, it to her? <laughs> no, she knew. Like she was just like like she couldn't believe that this was the first date. This was a Muslim girl he was set up with. He was trying to find a good girl, and like that that she was just like so appalled that that was like the representation of that. Like she just because that's so opposite of her. I was like, mom, like you can't judge it, and like you, you know, like it, whatever. I was like, okay, okay. It was like the most awkward thing. And I think we finished the episode, but I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be watching this show with my mom. <laughs> Cause I think it's going to be more raunchy than, cause I think there was elements she, that, you know, you could relate to, but I don't know. My mom is so that stuff is just like burning her ears. <laughs> that's so funny. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I assume your parents, they, they don't care. They're just like, whatever. I've never really been embarrassed with it. Yeah. I get my sense of humor and raunchiness like, from my parents. Yeah. They would. Oh, okay. So they could watch 50 shades of black and laugh. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, yeah. I have no, I was brought. Yeah. That there's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely for sure. Uh, so yeah, that's our blind watch 50 shades of black go down to your nearest HBO max. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, go down to your nearest HBO max. <laughs> <laughs> and watch 50 shades of black. We're going to get Marlon Wayne's on this podcast at one point. Oh, he's my something. God. I wish. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about all the good things. So, uh, but, uh, our last segment here on not another no BS podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is our honorable mentions where we talk about the things we're watching that you should watch uh, and whatnot. So the first big one for sure of the, uh, uh, that happened since our last show that we did is the Snyder Cut, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Four hours and it, Justice League came out three or four years ago, two hour long fucking mess. Terrible. And just fucking mess. Maybe small little flashes little flashes for a second of some decency but then we've been hearing Snyder's coming back he's gonna give four hours of the same movie what what's happening we don't need this then we watched it and at least for me holy shit I loved it it's so good it's great it's wonderful it's what we needed how did Joss Whedon fuck it up so badly 
I loved it. Susan, do you feel the same way? I do feel the same way. And I'm actually so happy that Brian feels the same way because I feel like we might be a minority in our film. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's 50-50 or we're in the minority. I've not, I haven't seen that yet because I've seen a lot of people diss uh, Snyder Cut, but I loved it. I absolutely loved it because I remember the feeling I felt from that crap, that two hours that Josh Sweden had screwed up so badly. And it was, I remember thinking that whole time, I was like, what a terrible, what is happening? This is so bad. And I, definitely the first 45 minutes of Snyder Cut, I was like, I am into this. Oh my God, I love all the backstory and getting to, we didn't even know Cyborg or The Flash they or Aquaman. I mean, thank God Aquaman had a movie that we could watch him later, but this, I don't care that it was long. And people keep complaining about the epilogue. Like, the epilogue was awesome. I don't know why people are complaining about this. It was good. The whole movie was good. Because they like, don't understand it. They don't, they're fanboys. They don't, I mean, or you take a look at. There are people that are diehard. I've also, people just don't like DC are not going to like DC. Well, yeah, they but can't of course see gonna, past it. Yeah. No, I agree. No, the, the epilogue, like the dream, the nightmare sequence was amazing because that's what Snyder got. And you could say like, oh man, this could have happened. Like this yeah. could be an alternate reality. And he got to film it because not many people do. And it was so greatly done and like had such big consequences. Mm-hmm. And like, holy shit, Aquaman died. Wonder Woman died. Um, you know, and then you have the Joker helping everybody because it is a Mad Max yeah. apocalypse with Batman who has no powers mm-hmm. coming in. And because Superman has gone super hardcore villain and oh man, that was just really cool to see that happen and kind of redeem that Joker Leto thing out. And I, I loved, I loved that. I thought that was awesome. I love the movie. I thought I it was too. good. I think it was, it was really well done. And once I saw that, I was like, okay, they should have done this. They should have made it a four hour film. I mean, they could have tightened some scenes. There are some scenes that probably could have been tightened and maybe it could have been closer to three and a half hours. But I mean, I, I really. Yeah, it's not, it. Snyder, Snyder's himself here and there in it. But man, mm-hmm. it's a good movie. I love that. One of the pitch perfect scenes in the movie was in with the flash saving the girl from the the car scene and then the hot dog. I mean, that was yeah. fantastic. And so then good. cyborg scene with her helping the lady and the kid. I love that. The- so good. That was so good. See, we need things like that. And I don't I don't know why people don't get that. Like we have to we need character development. We have to right. get to know these characters to care about them. Like well, right. And then they even made the villain, um, they even made uh, Steppenwolf mm-hmm. layered. Like he was constantly wanting approval from Darkseid. He was mm-hmm. constantly trying to appease somebody and not getting it. And I liked that aspect. And I loved that every fight scene from the original Justice League that came out a few years ago, he would show up on Amazon. He would show up somewhere uh, in Atlantis and easily fucking beat up anybody, take the thing and leave. Here, it was a more two-sided fight. And they made it so that he would actually have to flee for his life Mm -hmm. because 
people would gang up on him. And I thought that was awesome too, because it just seemed like, oh, he's so powerful. Nobody can beat him. But here the Amazons were clearly winning. And he's like, I got to get out of here. I got the thing. I'm out. Yeah. I like that aspect too. Uh, The fight scenes meant more characters meant more. It was good. It was good stuff. It was good. It was good. Clearly we liked it and we recommend it. (laughs) Yes. Snyder cut. Uh, Moving on from DC to Marvel, the new Marvel show came out. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier mm-hmm. episodes one and two so far, and yeah, there Disney's getting into some of them them race issues, and I love it. Like surprisingly, it. yeah, the action's good. The two characters are great, and Disney's tackling some of those taboo subjects. That's all too uh, topical right now. Very right? topical. So you watched the last episode, then? The uh, one yes. Yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When he got when they, I got so uncomfortable when the cops pulled up. Yep. I was like, oh God, no, this is so, I mean, necessary. And I was happy. They're like, oh, we didn't recognize you. Sorry, sorry. Like nothing happened. But I was like, seriously? Like when they, when they turned to Winter Soldier and they're like, sir, is he bothering you? I was like, oh, no. No, they did. They did it. They're doing it. And it's good. Like, no, Disney's, Disney. Disney's been doing it. Praza Disney, they're 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 hitting it with um, animated films. They're doing, they're showing different, uh, cultures in their animated films they with uh, onward they actually had like a lesbian cop uh that i mean it's, it's keep going disney keep going for sure for sure so yeah check out falcon and winter soldier it's on mm-hmm. disney plus new episodes every week it's really, it's really good. good so far um also another movie that came out that we were really excited to see and it's uh could take place in the John Wick universe, but it's called Nobody, starring Bob Odenkirk, written by uh, the same people who do John Wick. And mm-hmm. you, it's very evident. Bob Odenkirk's amazing, better call Saul. And then now he's in Nobody. The trailers are awesome. The movie is good. It, yeah. it movie is good. It's fun. I enjoyed it. It's not as good. It's not as great. It doesn't tell as good of a story as the John Wick universe, even though it's desperately trying to be that until the final climactic scene where it's like holy shit this is great i want to see more of this but it takes a little while to get there what what did you think about nobody it's it's good like it's fun it's fun i bob odenkirk's character and christopher lloyd are so likable and enjoyable to watch i did find it a little like slightly lazy in the whole just i didn't feel it with what the like his motivation to have his big, ultimately like the the catalyst of the film of what was going to be his big snap of his like unleashing his, what we got to see is his like badass moment of how good of a fighter he is. And then that leads to, okay, he hurt somebody that's tied to Russian, like, uh, were they, weren't they Russian? Like the bad guys? Yeah, they were definitely Russians. Which I was like, did we have to do the same thing as like... Um, John Wick. The John Wick. We couldn't have thought of some other villains. But it just felt so like, okay, did that scene, is that really what sparked him? Because like I said, when John Wick's puppy dies, I'm like, go murder every single person that is involved yeah, with this they still or is- gets in your way. Yeah. But this... I was kind of like they kind of stole something, and then he went. But I think, eh. I think he's, I think he flips because he didn't do anything, and his wife and son were like, "He is not a man. 
no, they're drifting away. And he's like, God damn it. And then it, it, then it happened. Right. And I, I'm totally for that. I just kind of wish maybe something worse happened because by this point, the guys are literally on the bus, just talking to the girl, you know, which is still scary. Don't get me wrong. I'm not discrediting the fear that that character would have in her mind, but I didn't feel the like, wow, this bloodbath that's happening doesn't, I'm not it didn't feeling warrant like, it. It didn't. Yeah, warrant it wasn't yeah. warranted. It was just like, what? And then it led to the whole, like not all the actions that came after. I was like, well, this could have all been avoided. Like, this is just, <laughs> this seems crazy. So it was just a little bit of that, that kind of bothered me. Um, and it felt a little, uh, just so like, you're constantly thinking about how compared to John wick, it's just, it doesn't compare. It is. And I, and you know, so if you're, if, you, but, but still Bob Odenkirk, is really great he is just in the same league as those other big action stars he, he proves that <laughs> but um just don't go in with high expectations because it's 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 okay it's it's solid enough it's, it's like good. fun you'll have fun you'll have fun yeah and i think the best part of the movie are the the rizza and christopher lloyd and their character and their characters surprises they're it, good i liked it uh yeah so that's nobody up next, long weekend. Yeah. Did you watch that, Brian? I did not. Oh my God. It's so I well, as it's it's a romantic comedy drama, but I'm not gonna reveal too much. It's basically uh, about two people that happen to meet each other on one day and get to know each other in the span of like a long weekend, and it almost feels like unreal their connection. And it's all about timing and um just you know, why certain people come into your life and things like that. But uh, it's a really great story. It's a uh, refreshing romance. And Zoe Chow and Finn Whitrock, who are the two uh, leads in that film, are so, uh, they have great chemistry. She is charming as hell. Like, I mean, the minute she's on screen, I would fall in love with her. So I don't even blame the guy for falling in love with her as quickly as as he does um uh, but it's, it's really cute and also uh damon waynes jr isn't it as uh finn whitrock's best friend and they have an amazing relationship too their their friendship is hilarious and loving so yeah it's worth it. it it's in theaters cool cool cool, cool. Um, i'm gonna make, recommend also bad trip it's on netflix um if you like the movies jackass or the jackass movie bad grandpa um it's done by the same people, uh, Jeff Tremaine, and it stars Eric Andre, uh, Lil Ray, and Tiffany Haddish. And mm-hmm. it, it is, it's jackass, but with a story plot like Bad Grandpa, where it's two friends trying to go cross country to see a girl. Uh-huh. And they do jackass setups where it's real people and they do ridiculous shit, didn't get their reactions, mm-hmm. kind of like a candid camera thing like jackass. And it is so fucking funny. And yeah. being Eric Andre, it's really gross, but it's funny. And Tiffany Haddish plays like this escaped convict. It, it's so funny. Uh, Lil Ray's great. Uh, Eric Andre's great. It, it, bad trip. Funny movie. Wonderful, lighthearted greatness. And then, of course, during the credit sequences, you'll see, you know, all the outtakes when people finally realize it's a movie and everything it's really good there's a great sequence where eric andre and lil ray both black men go into a very country honky tonk bar to line dance and eric andre gets super drunk and it, 
and it's fantastic what happens. <laughs> it's wonderful. You can only imagine. Uh, and then the next one I'll mention is on Amazon Prime. The first three episodes are out now. It is called Invincible. It's uh, based on a comic book by Robert Kirkman, who gave us The Walking Dead. He wrote The Walking Dead comic books. Um, and this is Robert Kirkman's vision of superheroes. And it's amazing. It's it's a lot like The Boys. If you watch The Boys, oh, I it's do love that, show. that uber violent and ridiculous, but it's in the span of a Saturday morning cartoon. It's animated. 2D oh, animated. I've seen posters of this, yeah. And it is hardcore. And some of the best voice acting ever. Um, it's amazing. It's wonderful where it takes you, story setup, execution, and performances from the voices all in it highly recommend it this is not for kids at all <laughs> it's wonderful though invincible first three episodes are out then each week will be a new episode out on amazon prime please watch invincible it's wonderful sounds good sounds good and that is our episode of not another no BS podcast with Brian and Susan, <laughs> the spoof episode, episode 25, Susan. It's such a delight and a joy to do this with you. Agreed. Same here. <laughs> it's, it's very good. Uh, no I BS. Yeah. We're on the Multimedia Men Podcast Network. Look us up. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio. I believe you can find Susan all over TV and the internet. <laughs> yeah, this chicksflicks.com, ICTN TV, uh, Google. <laughs> Are you doing any other podcasts you want to mention? I don't, I not like, I mean, I've, I've appeared on as a guest, but like nothing. Okay. No, not okay. doing any. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, and then Brian Kluger, of course, Boomstick Comics, High Def Digest, and YouTube, Instagram, Brian Kluger, search and destroy. <laughs> <laughs> 